a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. My name is Andy Johns. I'll be your host once again for this episode. Welcome to season two of the podcast. We hope that you're enjoying the shows. I am joined today by Chris Castagnieri. She's a marketing marketing management business partner at CNS here in Minnesota. Hi, Chris. Hi, Andy. And uh, Chris is one of two or three people to be on two episodes with us. So I think that officially makes you a friend of the show. So congratulations for that. Thanks so much. Uh, we are here recording live at the Minnesota Telecom Association Conf- Alliance, Minnesota Telecom Alliance Conference here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Also joined by Jenna Monse, which is the HR business partner, HR management business partner at CNS. Partner. HR business partner, but either way is fine. Yep. Sure, we practiced that ahead of time, but uh, it didn't work for me. But uh, these uh, these folks have uh, given a presentation earlier today on uh, marketing and HR working together, which is a, a great topic uh, for for us to look at. Um, and it gets into a lot of cultural branding, which we'll talk about in a minute. It also gets into fluff, which was a, a fun thing to throw around in the presentation. But Jenna, let's let's start with you. Just a little bit of a an overview uh, from your presentation about how marketing and HR work together and how that that benefits uh, the folks that y'all work with. Sure. So um, in in our presentation today, we had talked about fluff, like you mentioned. And I think whenever you talk about fluff or employee engagement, you either get the folks that are, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's talk about how we can improve our culture, um, how we can improve, uh, you know, the, the general public's understanding of why we're here and what we do, what we do. And, um, and then you have the skeptics that are just like, uh, no, just come to work, do your job and, and head back home and, and thank you very much and here's your paycheck. And I think that... Um, Obviously, marketing works really hard on um, on a lot of different facets, employee-related or customer-related, but more customer-related. But kind of what we had chatted about was that, you know, if you treat your employees well, then they'll go around, turn around and treat your customers well. And um, that was kind of the, one of the main points um, from, from an HR perspective of what we had talked about today and, and what fluff means to different people or what engagement means to different people. Sure. I think you had a Richard Branson quote that was up there that was uh, the customer's not number one, the employees are, then they'll take care of the customers basically. So. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Great. And then uh, Chris, let's, uh, let's come to you because a lot of folks, when you think about employee um, morale or, or you know, employee culture, people don't always associate that, associate that with marketing. Um, but, but in your part of the presentation, you talked a lot about marketing's role uh, in, in that company culture. The culture really transforms into your marketing. So, for example, um, we, we used in the presentation um, how when your culture is healthy, when the employees are engaged, it really creates a sense of enthusiasm. And that enthusiasm transforms into how they serve the customer. You know, it's in everything from the most simple example, uh, which is um, the customer service call, obviously. Um, uh, you know, in a you can tell when a CSR is enthused by how they answer the phone, a salesperson the same thing when they walk in the door. It's just a different energy versus when they're really 
disengaged from the company. Um, a lot of boredom can set in, and all you know, bad attitudes, that kind of stuff. So attention to the company culture really is the precursor to good marketing, in, in a sense. And, and it's really important that that activity happens, especially in the well-established companies that we've been working with in telecom. You know, these companies have been around for a long time, and it's hard without any effort to maintain that's virtually impossible so there it really makes business sense to um, put in the effort the time into creating that good culture where employees are engaged and then you know they, they answer the phone with a high energy they they work more efficiently with high energy everything transforms from there and then you know as we talked about today some of the really major companies around and probably smaller brands too are taking that culture and actually transforming it socially. So they are creating employee engagement programs where they're actually creating content socially that is intended for the employee's use, not just a push down a marketing strategy from the top, but they're creating content that employees would actually be involved in creating uh, and then um, would be therefore theoretically more likely to share across uh, the company's brand. And it, and it, of course, has to tie in with the company's brand, um, so it has to be somewhat strategically aligned, but it could be a cause. Maybe there's a cause that really are, is close to the hearts of a lot of employees that they would get around that the company could be seen as supporting. Or in telecom arena, it could be possibly um, the employees rallying around how to keep kids and families safe on the Internet and creating content that the employees would really love to share. Um, it could be, uh, I shared an example of a race car. Maybe the employees are really into racing and you could somehow brand that for your fast internet and uh, get a lot of leverage out of that in, in many ways. So it really stems from that excited, engaged employee base hearing their voice and asking them, hey, what, you know, asking them to give input and say, hey, what are we going to do here? What should we do? What would be fun for you? and then transforming your marketing. So your marketing person really becomes a support person and a guide person in modeling that social behavior instead of coming from the top and saying, here is our message. They just kind of work alongside with the rest of the employee base and say, here's, you know, here's the ideas and, and here, let's go and have some fun. So. Sure, and, and I want to get back to the social media that you were talking about in, in just a moment, but uh, real quick, there was an example that you cited um, of a project that some of the folks that you work with where the employees really got behind it and, and it wasn't even kind of planned out to really build that, that culture, but it certainly helped kind of accidentally do that. Right, right. There, there's a couple of examples that stick out. Uh, one was uh, Paul Bunyan. We didn't work with them on this project, but um, they've talked about this before, and it really uh, shows the example of this working well. They created a, uh, a gaming uh, contest up in their, uh, in their territory where they invited customers to come in and compete uh, on this game, and it went over great for them in the public, but what they, I think they were surprised with was how engaged certain at their certain employee base became behind the project. It was mostly a lot of their IT guys were gamers. The marketing manager there just said they took it and ran with it. They were so enthused about it and so excited about it that they just planned everything, knew exactly what to do, told him, you know, what needed to be done, and it just took off from there. And you can, as you can imagine, I'm sure it was, they were sharing it, talking about it with their friends, and it became this big thing, and it 
fit, of course, very strate strategically with their marketing. So that's a good example of how on their end, it was a little bit accidental, the employee part, but looking forward, how that kind of a strategy really could be used uh, cooperatively throughout the employee base on a, as, a, as a planned strategy. Certainly. Now, now, Jenna, coming back to you real quick, um, because you talked about uh, the skeptics you said earlier with, with uh, you know, thinking everything like this is just fluff. Um, and you guys showed a couple of clips from the office to really look at all the different personalities that you have. I mean, it's scary sometimes how, how accurate that show comes to the real personalities in the office. But uh, what are some ways that, that you think folks can overcome those skeptics or um, are they just a lost cause or do you need to try to spend some time getting them to buy in or uh, just, just give up on them and focus on the folks who, who are going to buy in? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, but yeah, um, all of the above. I think that obviously there are some folks that really are set in their ways. And so when you talk about dealing with personalities, sometimes you have to alter yours in order to make sense to them to get what you want and maybe say it in a little bit different way. Um, obviously, you know, we work with a lot of different personalities in our position. And I always go back to the really easy one where if I'm going to talk to our controller, which by the way is the nicest guy in the world, but if I go to speak with him, I'm going to make sure that I have my I's dotted and T's crossed. And if I want him to understand what I'm saying, I need to come at him with numbers and measurable results. Um, and obviously a lot of times fluff it's really hard when you're talking about fluff to, to get those measurable results. But I think if you even do a little bit of testing on the side and try to get some concrete data to present, it's really going to help your case for those kind of uh, maybe skeptical people. I think you said, or one of you said uh, ROFI, your return on fluff investment, I guess it was in the presentation. So I like that a lot. Uh, Chris, we'll come back to you and uh, talk a little bit more about social media. Um, sometimes you would not want your company culture to kind of leak through on social media, but but sometimes it can certainly be a good thing, it sounds like. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that, and that uh, creates the good point that you do have to have some boundaries around a uh, strategy like this with a good social media strategy. Uh, there would have to be defined roles in, you know, who responds to customers, especially when there are issues. That can't be just anybody in the company, typically somebody with a, maybe that doesn't have as much of a temper control or, a, you know, insight into customer behavior. You wouldn't want those people publicly answering, um, you know, especially complaint kinds of things out online. But I think most companies already have that kind of tactical stuff in place and have a good understanding of that. So it's just from here would be a, mat a matter of engaging with, you know, whatever their interests might be. And I, I also um, had the example in the presentation of uh, a race car back when I was at my last company, we sponsored a race car. And it's not something that I really connected with personally. I, so, I, you know, as the marketing manager back then, I was a little skeptical. I was like, oh, do we really want to do this? Because there are some people who really love it, but there are some people who really don't love it. And so it was, I was on the fence about it, but we went ahead and did it. And I was surprised back then. It was a little bit kind of as social media was emerging, so there wasn't really a good test for that portion of it. But what I did learn was that it did really motivate 
a huge part of our employee base around that. And even their their husbands and, and kids, you know, I found that were really engaged. Not not too long ago, I ran into an ex-employee and her husband. Her husband was still wearing the T-shirt from the race car, and this was many years ago. So it really did culturally, you know, we had employee parties, so we went where we would go together and, you know, uh, Go to the go to the track and, and um, uh, have an employee event. We brought the race car to parades, showed it off a bit, handed out you know traditional kind of marketing kind of stuff. So you know, looking back, what I learned from that is that marketing really is an effort also to engage employees. And that simple marketing effort, if it never really reached the the public much, would have been possibly worthwhile because the employees were so motivated and engaged behind it. And hopefully then from that transformed into enthusiasm for the brand and, and, and you know, came to light in the public in that way. So, Sure. And just for everybody out in, in podcast land who can't uh, can't see the picture of the race car, uh, it basically the, the Telco is sponsoring, is it a dirt track car? Or, or, okay. All right. So, so it was a, throughout the whole season. They were the number, whatever it was. Uh, it was with, with the, the brand was iZoom. It was iZoom Internet. And so we uh, branded there. We took a car with a double zero. Uh, in the, so in the middle of the iZoom, it was the double zero car. So it would have been really, really fun if we would have been a winning car. We weren't so much. But uh, it was really fun to go to the track and have somebody to cheer for anyway. So we, we had a great time with it. And even not being a race fan, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So. Sure. Uh, just uh, well, one other thing for you, Chris, and then we'll go back for any closing thoughts uh, from you, Jenna. But you talked, uh, Chris, a lot about tactical versus adaptive. Can you just kind of run through? Um, let me look at my notes again. Actually, that's Jenna uh, with uh, tactical versus adaptive. Can you kind of run us through that? Because I thought it was a pretty interesting. Uh, I thought it was interesting enough to write it down, just not enough to write down uh, who said it. So sorry about that. That's really OK. I'm sure you've got a lot of listening to do. So. Um, no, there's uh, two different uh, types of performance that you could consider, and one is tactical and the other is adaptive uh, performance, like you mentioned. Tactical performance is your ability to execute against a process or a procedure, you know, your routine, everyday tasks. But your adaptive uh, performance is how well you can deviate from the plan and still make things work. So if we, you know, obviously we, we're in telecom, and so if we take um, an example of a customer service rep, they really don't know what the next call is going to be. So they do, do really have to think on their feet once they get that call to come in, or even in outside plant tech where they're going up to a house and they don't really know what the customer's like, or, you know, um, if there isn't any history there or anything. But, um, you know, that that's the their ability to just deal with the situation at, at hand. And basically what they're there to do is just make sure that customer is happy and that, you know, they're getting the services that they want to get or at least as close to it as they possibly can. So. Are those two abilities just kind of ingrained in folks or if, if, if is there a way to help with that adaptive side if, if folks maybe are struggling with that a little bit? I think uh, practice makes perfect. And I think that if you, and Chris had mentioned this earlier and done a really good job of saying, if you empower your individuals, they're going to feel more confident in their abilities or capabilities down the road. And so by letting them have a little bit of a free reign and saying, you know what, we're going to give you a credit, but, you know, have, have them have it be known that 
first line customer service folks are, you know, they're authorized to give like a $20 credit at their discretion or something like that. But practice makes perfect. And so when you can get them negotiating and, and getting them more practice in those types of situations, I think is, is the best way for them to, to uh, up their adaptive performance. Perfect. Uh, well, now, Chris, as we come back to you just for closing thoughts here, uh, you were on episode, I think, number six or five of the podcast that we recorded. And so now this is episode 63. I was going to brag about how much better we were at this um, this time, but I think this is the clumsiest one I've done in a while. So uh, my apologies there. But Chris, uh, can you save us with any closing thoughts here um, just to wrap up uh, your presentation or, or anything that we didn't get to in this discussion uh, that we should have? I, you know, we just encourage telecoms to have fun. You know, I think that's our atmosphere around CNS. We're, we're a pretty fun group to, to work with. We try to infuse that into what we do. And if we create a fun, enthusiastic, motivated, aligned culture in, in our office places, that really transforms into our brand and, and what we can do with that. And, and people want to be engaged. They want to be asked their thoughts. When that happens, you know, it, it, the sky's the limit, really. The other thing I learned about your presentation is that uh, Zappos does free tours, or at least tours where you can actually tour the facility and all that yeah. stuff, which was kind of neat. The next time we're in Las Vegas, may have to try that. Yeah, for sure. That was an interesting, uh, interesting call to make. I've not done business myself with them until I called to record that call to see what it was like. So it was really, really interesting to compare that call to a traditional telecom call and the just over-the-top enthusiasm that was pretty obvious on the on the phone call. So to all listeners, I encourage you just to give Zappos a call, whether you're going to do business with them or not, and listen to their phone call um, and how they answer the phone. It's pretty cool. Great. And just looking around on the internet, there's there's plenty of resources about just the company culture at Zappos. I mean, they're, they're a great case study for that sort of thing. Well, thank you both so much uh, for joining me. Uh, this has been uh, Story Connect the Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johns. I was joined today by uh, Chris Castagneri and Jenna Monsi of uh, CNS. So thank you both for joining me so much on, on this podcast. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yes. Thanks, Andy. We appreciate it. Great. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.